we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Can your mind know it has been hurt, be aware of it, and not react at the conscious or unconscious level? Hello and welcome to episode 198 of Urgency of Change. Each episode of the Krishnamurti podcast is compiled from carefully chosen extracts from the archives. The aim is to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to many of the fundamental issues and questions we all face in our lives. This week's theme is Hurt. Upcoming themes are Being and Becoming and Tradition. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust based at Brockwood Park in Hampshire, UK. Brockwood is also home to Brockwood Park School, a unique international boarding school offering a personalised holistic education for around 70 students. It is deeply inspired by Krishnamurti's teaching, which encourages academic excellence, self-understanding, creativity and integrity. Please visit brockwood.org.uk for more information. You can also find our regular Krishnamurti quotes and videos on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts, which helps our visibility. This week's episode on Hurt has three sections. This first extract is from Krishnamurti's second talk in Bombay, 1974, titled What is it that gets hurt? When you observe your life, if you have ever observed it closely, we are a, we, we human beings are wounded, hurt, not only physically, but deeply, psychologically. Our education at school, college and university is a tragedy. It is the process of getting hurt. Have you noticed for yourself that you have been hurt? And do you know you are hurt? That is, when you are in school compared with another bright boy or girl, you are hurt. You are hurt in your family. We are bruised through comparison, through constant endeavour to be something other than what you are. And this hurt goes on throughout life. And when a mind is hurt, it becomes violent. It resists. It doesn't want to be hurt anymore. Therefore it seeks escapes. 
through drugs, through various forms. And therefore it builds up a resistance. Have you noticed this in your daily life? How can a mind that is hurt, brutalized, made insensitive through competition and all that is going on around us and within us, how can such a mind be free? And freedom is the very essence of religion. Freedom from the many <coughs> tortured activities that cripple the mind. You see, we are tortured human beings. Observe yourself, please. We are tortured human beings. We are always in conflict. We are always struggling. And we accept, expect this tortured mind to find reality. So first it is absolutely necessary to, to free the mind from all its tortures. That's simple, isn't it? You are tortured human beings, aren't you? Aren't you? We're always in conflict. We're always struggling. We're always unhappy. A sense of frustration, a bitterness, anxiety. And how can such a mind bring about something new? And it is the function of religion to, to help to wipe away all those tortures, all those hurts, so that the mind is fresh, young, innocent. So, first thing is to realize that we are, as humans, greatly hurt by words, gestures, by comparison, imitation, conformity, by accepting tradition and therefore betraying the present. And to find out what it is that is hurt. You understand? What is it that is hurt in you? You have an image about yourself, haven't you? Please watch it, observe it, listen to what is being said. You have an image about yourself, that you are this or that, that you are inferior or superior, that you are rather stupid, that you are rather clever, that you are capable and being capable frustrated. So you have built an image about yourself. It is that image that gets hurt, which is thought has built this image. 
and in all relationship in human relationship the image that you have built about yourself or about another that image about yourself is constantly bruised constantly hurt is that please watch it in yourself so the question is can the mind be free of the machinery of making images and what to do with all the hurts that the image has received right understood that that is i have built an image about myself that image has been wounded hurt that's one question and is it possible never to be hurt because a mind that is hurt is a distorted mind it can never see clearly is all its activities are neurotic unbalanced so that is the problem i have any i have the image which has been hurt the image which i have built about myself and is it possible never to be hurt again because a mind that is not that is hurt is incapable of perception seeing directly and therefore acting instant so how so if the question is clear then not to be hurt becomes much more important than the hurts that one has collected right that is can thought prevent itself naturally without resistance without struggle not to create images you have understood this that is thought is always fragmentary thought divides as the thinker and the thought thought creates duality thought is responsible for the image that it has created which gets hurt so can thought prevent itself naturally without effort prevent itself creating the any image about itself or about another right cuz please this is very important this is your life not the speaker's life It's your daily life, your your daily agony, your daily suspicions, your daily anxieties, bitterness, anger, jealousy, hate. It is of that we are speaking, not of some ideals, conclusions, which have no meaning whatsoever. So. can thought which is the response of memory 
response of experience, response of knowledge. Knowledge, experience, memory. And where there is memory and the response to that memory is thought, response of that memory, right? Can the mind not be heard? You must see for yourself how dangerous it is to be heard, how destructive a mind that's heard. And there are so many ways it gets hurt by a single word, by a look, by a gesture, by your casual attention to something that another says seriously. So you must realize for yourself the extraordinary danger and the potency of a hurt. Now can thought prevent making an image which gets hurt. I'll show it to you. You are sharing this with the speaker. You're not just merely listening casually, you are sharing this. And sharing implies attention, care, affection. Someone calls you a fool. You hear the word, then the, the activity of thought, which is celebration, then action. You hear sensory, then celebration, that is, thinking, and the action which is the hurt. Now can you listen to the word fool without reacting, hearing the activity of the mind which is thought and ending there? You have understood this? You call me a great man. That's also a wound. Because your idea of greatness has no meaning. It is your Conditioning your idea that gives to a person greatness. But greatness is not yours because you are not great. It's only then you can talk about greatness. You call me great, and that's a wound, as much as a wound as when you call me a fool. Now, can the mind, this mind listen to that word great <coughs> and completely be free of any imprint on the mind through that word? You understand my question? The imprinting, the Mark is the hurt. So can the mind listen to that word and, be, and not have it leave a mark on it? That can only happen 
when you when you are totally attentive at that moment when you say i am great or a fool i listen because i have there is no image there is only the act of listening not the association that thought brings about when you use the word great or a fool you just listen and there is no listener please follow this the listener is the image the listener is the past the listener is the structure which thought has put together it is the listener that gets heard but not listening so the mind will never get hurt if there is no listener and there is no listener when you give total attention when somebody says you are a fool or a great man The second extract is from the fifth talk in Sanan 1974 titled The Tradition of Hurt As we are saying in that area psychologically we human beings are hurt greatly we have deep wounds unconscious and conscious wounds either self-inflicted inflicted or inflicted or caused by others at school at home in the bus It's in the office, in the factory, we are hurt. And that deep hurt, conscious or unconscious, makes us psychologically insensitive, dull. Watch your own hurt, if you can. a gesture a word a look is enough to hurt and you are hurt when you are when you are compared with somebody else when you are trying to imitate somebody else when you are conforming to the pattern you are hurt whether that pattern is set by another or by yourself so we are we human beings are deeply wounded and and those wounds bring about neurotic activity all beliefs are neurotic anyhow ideals are neurotic and is it again possible 
to understand these hurts and to be free of them, and never to be hurt again under any circumstances. You understand my question? I am hurt from childhood for various incidents and accidents, a word, a gesture, a look, a slighting nod. There are these wounds. Can these wounds be wiped away without leaving a mark? Watch it, please. Don't look somewhere. Look at yourself. Look at. You've got these wounds. Can these be wiped away and not leaving a mark? That's one problem. And the other problem is never to be hurt. If if there is any hurt, you are not sensitive, you will never know what beauty is. You can go to all the museums in the world, compare Michelangelo, Picasso, whatever you like, be experts in the explanation, the study of these people and their painting structure and all the rest of it. But as long as a human mind is hurt, therefore insensitive, it will never know what it is, what is beauty. Because you. Without knowing that quality of beauty, which is not in the thing, in the product which man has made only, but in the line of an architect, of a building, in the line of a mountain, the beautiful tree, and all the rest of it, if there is any kind of inward hurt, You will never know what beauty is, and therefore without beauty there is no love. So can your mind know it has been hurt, and not react to those hurts? at the conscious level and also at the unconscious level. Know this hurts, be aware of them. It's fairly easy to be aware of the conscious hurts, right? Can you know your unconscious hurts? How must you go through all the idiotic process of analysis? You are following all this? Because analysis imp- – I will go into very quickly and get rid of analysis. <laughs> analysis implies the analyzer and the analyzed. Who is the analyzer? Is he different from the analyzed? If he is different, what is, why is he different? Who created the analyzer to be different from the analyzed? If he is different, how can you know what the thing is? You are following all this? So the analyzer is the analyzed. That's so obvious. And to analyze, each analysis must be totally complete. That means if there is any slight misunderstanding, the next analysis you cannot analyze completely because of previous misunderstanding. You are following all this? Analysis implies time. You can go on endlessly for the rest of your life analyzing, and you will be still analyzing as you are dying. Right? 
So, how is the mind to uncover the unconscious deep wounds? The wounds which race has collected. You understand? When the conqueror subjugates the the victim, he has hurt him. That is a racial hurt. Do you understand? When the imperialists I'm using it in the ordinary sense, not the communist sense. They are the imperialists, anyhow. When the imperialist, the maker of empires, to him everybody is beneath him, and he leaves a deep, unconscious hurt on those whom he has conquered. You understand all this? It is there. How is it? How is the mind to uncover all these hidden hurts deep in the recesses of one's consciousness? I see one sees the fallacy of analysis, right? So there is no analysis. Please watch this carefully. There is no analysis. And my our tradition is to analyze, right? So I have put aside the tradition of analysis, right? Now you are doing this. So what has happened to the mind when it has denied or put aside seeing the falseness of something, as a falseness of analysis, it is free of that burden. Right? Therefore, it has become sensitive. It's lighter, clearer, can observe more sharply. So, it has, by putting aside a tradition which man has accepted, analysis, introspection, and all the rest of it, the mind has become free. Right? And by denying the tradition, you have denied the content of the unconscious. You following? Yes, you got it? Have you got some of hmm? the Indian the unconscious is the tradition. Tradition of religion, tradition of marriage, tradition of um, oh, dozen things. And one of the traditions is to accept hurt, and having accepted hurt, analyze it to get rid of it. Now, when you deny that, because it has been false. You are following this? You have denied the content of unconsciousness. Therefore, you are free of hurt, of the unconscious hurt. You don't have to analyze or go through dreams and all the rest of it. I don't have time to go into all this. So, the mind, by observing the hurt and not using the traditional instrument to wipe away that hurt, which is analysis, which is talking it over together, uh, you know, all that business goes on, group therapy and individual therapy and collective therapy and, oh God! Hmm? You wipe away by being aware 
aware of the tradition, and therefore when you deny that tradition, you deny the, the hurt which accepts that tradition. You what it? So the mind then becomes extraordinarily sensitive, mind being the body, the heart, the brain, the nerves, the total thing becomes sensitive. Now, we're asking what is beauty. We say, it is not in the museum, it's not in the picture, it's not in the face, it is not a response to the background of your tradition. You are following? So when you put all that aside, the mind, because it is sensitive and because suffering has been understood, you have passion, there is passion. You understand? Passion is different from lust, obviously. Lust is the continuation of pleasure and the demand for pleasure in different forms, sexually, religious entertainment that goes on in churches and temples and all the rest of it. So, When there is no hurt, when there is the understanding going beyond suffering, then there is that quality of passion which is totally necessary to understand the extraordinary sense of beauty. That beauty cannot possibly exist when the me is constantly asserting. You understand? You may be a marvellous painter, accepted by the world as the greatest painter, but if you are concerned with your beastly little self, you are no longer an artist. You understand what I am talking about? You are only furthering through art your own selfish continuation. So, now we have got this. A mind that is free, or have gone beyond this quality, this sense of suffering. A mind that is free from all hurt, and therefore never capable of being hurt again under any circumstance, whether it's flattered or insulted, whether it's nothing can touch it. Which doesn't mean it has built a resistance. On the contrary, it is excellently vulnerable. Then you begin to find out what love is. The final extract in this episode is from Krishnamurti's third talk in Sanan, 1974, titled No More Hurt. Psychologically, we have many hurts, deep hurts from childhood. In school, in the house, in the school, in college, in the university, the whole of life is a is a wound, a, an affair of being wounded. 
I'm not exaggerating. The more sensitive, alive and active you are, the more you're hurt. And that is one of the causes of suffering. And psychologically is it possible not to be hurt at all? Never be touched by, a, by something or some accident, incident, a word, a, a gesture, a, nothing to hurt, that will hurt. So we've got two problems. Because one, we say hurt, being hurt is one of the major causes of suffering. One has been hurt, and when there has been hurt, all action becomes neurotic. All action is a form of resistance. Please bear in mind what we are discussing, what we are talking over. We are concerned with the radical transformation of human beings so that they can live a totally different kind of life and therefore a totally different kind of social structure. Not my personal salvation or yours. That's too silly. Because you are the world and the world is you. So we are concerned with the totality of that. And as human beings, right through the world, are hurt, have been hurt. How to be free of the hurts that one has received and how not to be hurt anymore. You understand the problem? <coughs> First of all, not to be hurt, knowing that you have been hurt and no more hurt. And is one aware that you have been hurt? Are you aware of it? And when you are hurt, you resist. You build a wall around yourself. You don't want to be hurt anymore. So you're all, your actions are always more and more limited, more and more self-centered, and greater form of resistance with a, in a very small space. Right? Now, how is one, is there not a method of system, those are mechanical, is there a free, can there be freedom from the past hurts? Not through analysis, we went through that yesterday or day before. Not through analysis, because they can all endlessly repeat this pattern of analysis. Can there be freedom from the past hurts and the freedom never to be hurt? Do you understand my two questions? Right? Because it's very important to understand this. Never to be hurt. That is the quality of innocence. The very word innocent means 
a mind that is not capable of being hurt. Hurt is not only pain, but also pleasure. You understand? Don't just take hurt and keep the other. Because they both leave marks. How is a mind How is a mind never to be hurt? Deal with that first, then we'll deal with the past. Never to be hurt. What is that is hurt? You say, you have hurt me by your word, by a gesture, by a cruel action, by putting me down, so on, ten different ways. You have hurt me. What is the thing that is hurt? Is it the image of me which, I, which thought has created as the me. You understand? I think I am very superior, full of some rot. <laughs> and you come along and, call and say to me, how childish you are, and that hurts me, because I have an image about myself, and you are pulling that image to pieces, and that I call hurt. Follow this carefully, please. If I have no image about myself, you can't hurt me. That is, if I have completely empty of all images, But if I am attached to an image about myself or the image which somebody has given me about myself, or the image that society has given me, and I am attached to that, then there is inevitable hurt. So I see that. That is an actuality, a correct thinking. Therefore, when I have no image, and therefore I'm, the mind is totally empty of image, then there is not only the, the there is not only that you cannot hurt me, then there is no past hurts at all. I don't know if you see that. You have a concrete. I I never said do away with thoughts. Please, you can't do away with thought. Come on. I can't hear, sir. Ah. Image will continue as long as you have thought. I'm pointing out, sir. Do listen. I said, we said, the speaker said that there is suffering as long as one is hurt. That's one of the causes of suffering. 
and what is hurt? The image I have about myself. A physical hurt I can cure very easily. The body looks after itself, it cures it. But the psychological hurt is the hurt of the image which thought has built about itself. And any derogatory word or incident hurts that image. See that. That image is unreal. It has no validity. It has been put together by thought. which is an illusion. An illusion, we said, is sensory perception of an objective, uh, of of an objective thing involving (laughs) involving for belief. That is illusion. I have created a belief, thought has created a belief that that the me is a marvellous image. And you have your own marvellous image about yourself. And you pull me down, that hurts me, hurts the image which thought has built. And if I see that, actually be aware of it, then the image is not. Not thought doesn't build image, image is not. Therefore you can't, there's no hurt. When there is no image, the past hurts are lost. Therefore there's no future hurts. I wonder if you see this. So, the mind then can understand and look at this suffering, this, this total suffering, the suffering that makes the whole movement of thought come to an end, the, all the nervous responses, it's a complete paralysis. Haven't you noticed all this, you people? And we have seen one of the major causes is what we have called love, for this suffering. That love which is attachment, that love which, you know, all that, I won't go through repeating. And also we see that being hurt, with all the things involved in it, is also one of the causes of hurt, of suffering. One is totally aware of this. And in that awareness there is no question of overcoming suffering, or running away from suffering, or rationalize suffering. It is there completely. And you see the whole movement of thought as suffering. Then, When there is an ending of suffering, then there is clarity. There is no distortion to thought. Is it please, it is very important to understand this. It is the hurt, the so-called love, 
that brings suffering, and that suffering is like a cloud that distorts the clarity of thought in the field of reality. And therefore, clarity of thought in the field of reality brings order, not conflict between human beings. Therefore, there is an ending to suffering. And there is the problem of the whole of mankind suffering. You understand, sir? The suffering in Vietnam, the suffering of the people, the terrorists that have created suffering, the wars, there's this vast human suffering. And what effect or what value, what significance or what meaning has the ending of suffering on the total suffering of man? You understand my question? Are you all awake or am I getting tired? You understand my question? I'm asking you, you have listened to the speaker, if you have paid attention, care, and you see how suffering can end, and does end. You have to test it, not just accept it. You have to test it in life, then it has significance. To you, suffering has ended. What? How does it affect the mass of suffering of human beings? You understand my question? Suffering out of poverty in the East, in Africa, their appalling sense of ignorance, their brutality, their callousness, and the endless suffering. How will the ending of suffering here affect all that? As we pointed out yesterday, or day before yesterday, you are the world and the world is you. That's an actuality, not a supposition, a theory. That is a Effect. Effect means the thing that is done, that is. Your, your consciousness with its content is the consciousness of the world. That's also is so. And if there is a, an ending suffering in one consciousness or your consciousness, then the, it affects the whole consciousness of the world. That's an obvious fact. Hitler affected the consciousness of the world. Lenin, the priests with their belief in Jesus and all the rest of it have affected the consciousness of Christianity, mind, your mind. So if a human being, you, have completely un free of suffering and hurt and, and live in that quality of affection, love, then you will affect the whole of mankind. You can't help it. And that is the mystery of compassion. 